the Hot Flashes and Cool Topics podcast, the voice for women in midlife and beyond. At Hot Flashes and Cool Topics, we talk about anything and everything to do with midlife. My name is Colleen. My name is Bridget. And today we are going to be playing our interview with Joanna Kleinman back from season two. Bridget and I have picked a few really some of our favorites from that season that we feel are important to share again, and Joanna's is one of them. Joanna is a psychotherapist who works with unhooking that inner critic voice. And don't we all have that inner voice that tells us we're not good enough, we're not smart enough, no one likes us, like all those fun, you know. Doggone it, people don't like us, no. That's not, what was his name, Smiley, on Saturday Night Live. Yes. Dogged on it, people like me. But she has a book called Dethroning Your Inner Critic, Four-Step Journey from Self-Doubt to Self-Empowerment. And on this episode, we are going to be talking about her mind method, which is M-I-N-D, obviously. And she's going to go into details, but it's kind of meeting your inner critic investigating the induction signs like your body sensations when you start listening to that critic and then neutralizing how to neutralize the power it has over your mind and finally designing your own life in it with different thoughts and different um, responses. And really what she's saying is that you're not going to get rid of your inner critic, but you can learn to lessen its emphasis and power over your mind, your thoughts, and your decisions. And for women, especially in our demographic, I think this is so important to do. Oh, yeah. I mean, it it is amazing, you know, re-listening to this uh, episode again. Just I love how she talks about how really you don't have a, any control over what people think of you. What that's, you know, how that is none of your business. That is their thing. You do your best at what you can do. And just taking care of the situation immediately right in front of you. You have no control over certain situations and you just have to take that and roll with that. And she really gives some great advice on how to do that. But her book is so helpful for that situation. It's great listening to these episodes again. Um, We have some great news for you guys. This week, we got an additional sponsor for the Conversations with Prime Women event. It is Trafalgar Tours. And they have some of the most incredible tours around the world, big and small, getting into the culture of different areas of the world. And we could not be more thrilled to have them as a sponsor for our conversations with Prime Women. If you are in the Nashville area or you have an urge to make it a girl's trip, please come visit us on October 8th. You can get tickets at Eventbrite or you can check out our website, conversationswithprimewomen.com. Let's get started talking about our inner critic and how to dethrone them with Joanna Kleiman. We'll talk to you after. Welcome back to Hot Flashes and Cool Topics, everybody. We are so happy today to have Joanna Kleinman on as our guest. So, Joanna, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bridget. I'm thrilled to be here. What is our inner critic? Because you talk about dethroning, but let's first talk about what is the inner critic and why do so many midlife women let this inner critic control our decisions? I I love that question. The way that I define your inner critic is it, it is that voice that literally speaks to you from the moment you get up to the moment you go to bed. Okay. It is our automatic mind. And I, uh, it's a little different the way that I describe it because 
I don't believe that our inner critic mind is just the mind that critiques us and says, we're not good enough and you're, you're not smart enough for this and you're not accomplished enough for that. And this person disrespected you and all, right, all the automatic things that our, our voice says. But it is really voice that never, ever, ever stops. You know, there's research that says we've got about 60,000 thoughts per day. Think about that. For, I mean, that's right. Yeah. That's the voice. And most people, men and women, right? Most people don't really understand that they are actually separate from that voice. So they listen to everything that it says. And particularly for women, it says a lot of stuff. (laughs) Yes, it does. Yes. (laughs) You have this inner critic in the morning when you wake up saying, okay, what are you going to get done today? You're never going to finish everything you have to do. And it's already draining on us. Yes. You have a system called the mind method. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about that and how we can live with, because you're not saying get rid of that critic. You're pretty much saying live with it. Yeah. But don't give it the power. Right. Right. So can you talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, if, right, if you, if you think for a moment about anything that gets you a little inwardly disturbed, okay? Could make you sad, it could make you angry, it could make you resentful, uh, could make you worried, right? So whatever it is, okay? Basically, as human beings, we are hardwired. I mean, this goes back to primitive cavewoman times, right? We are hardwired to either be seeking pleasure or avoiding pain, right? That's our survival mechanism, okay? And, and of course, that worked when we were, right, like running from tigers, right, that were going to eat us in the, in the wild when we were you know, <laughs> trying to survive, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, but so the way that in our world now, basically our mind is orchestrated around how do I get what I want, okay? Or how do I not get what I don't want, okay? And that is really the crux of what drives us nuts, okay? Because we are spending our entire life either trying to get more of what we say we want or resist the things that we don't want. And here's the, 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 the truth about the way life really works, okay? First of all, all there ever is is this very moment. So we have zero ability to control really how life unfolds. We have control over what choice we're going to make right here, right now, and right. So let's say, so we, we have a thought that tunes us into an emotion and then the emotion, right? We take actions from the emotion, from the emotion, right? So we take an action and then the truth is that out of that action, we can much, we can pretty much say half the time it goes where we want it to and half the time it doesn't. Okay. And if we can actually learn how to intentionally think in a way right here, right now, where we are tuning into calm, 
and peace and loving who we are already and loving the life that we're living already and being grateful for exactly what's right in front of us. It doesn't mean that we're, we, we're right. I have a ton of goals that I'm going for. Okay. But I, I created the mind method mostly for me because my automatic mind is so focused on my goals that my automatic mind will say, okay, once you get there, then you'll feel good, right? And then we get on this hamster wheel, right? And if you look at your life, if you're driven by your automatic mind, we are like running to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. I mean, from the time we're kids, right? Once I get to college, right? Then every, oh, then that'll be great. Oh no, now I got to get out of college. Oh, now I'll go, no. Now once I get a job, oh no, now I got to make this kind of money at my job. And then, oh God, I got to get married. And you know, it just, it just goes on and on and on. Mm -hmm. And so the MIND method, M-I-N-D, is an acronym. It's what I outlined in my book. And it really is a, a whole way of thinking that's entirely different than when we are fused with that automatic mind that I call the inner critic. So what it really entails is getting so intimately familiar with that voice. We're not, because we're not changing it. It's been saying the same thing to us since we were little girls. So if we can actually, you know, learn to see it so clearly, like we can put it on the palm of our hand and say, oh, yep, there it is. There it is saying the same shoulds, shouldn'ts, supposed tos, the same voice that has us trying to control everything, control other people, control what they think of us control the direction that life goes, right? So when we can get and the M and the I and the N, M is meet your inner critic, right? That's getting so intimately familiar with what does this voice say? Why does it say it? When did it start, right? So we get so intimately familiar with really being able to distinguish it. The I step is investigate the indication signs. And I call those the blinking red lights that alert you that your inner critic has yet again gotten on the throne of your mind, right? She's controlling your thoughts again, right? So those are the blinking red lights. And what those are are basically the emotions, the body sensations, and the behaviors, right? Like wanting to you know, scream your head off at somebody that cut you off in traffic or send a nasty email out or yell at your husband or, right? So, right, those are all the indication signs or even, you know, wanting to drink an entire bottle of wine or polish off a whole pint. Oh, of that's bread. bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I love wine, but it, right. And we're using right. it in a way to numb or mm -hmm. avoid or calm down. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's so many ways that we do that. And it's, and you know what, we also do it in ways that our culture promotes, right? Like, over-exercising, overworking, being busy, right? It's like, oh, it's like a, a, a badge of honor. Oh, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I'm so busy, right? So, um, okay, so that's the I step. The N step is neutralize the never-ending message. And this is really the crux of it. 
underneath everything that we are wanting to get more of or avoiding what we don't want more of underneath it all is some never ending message that is some version of in some way we are not enough. And it's every single human because when we're very little boys and girls, we're trying to figure out how we're valued and how we're, we're, we matter. And we form a lot of conclusions because we are little children that are erroneous. And, and right, most people don't even recognize their never ending message. So when you really understand, you know, why do I flip out when my husband forgets to take the trash out, right? Why do I flip out, right? And if we really get to the bottom of that, right? It's frustrating, but if we really get to the bottom of that, he doesn't listen to me. He doesn't care. I've told him 800 times if I were more important to him, if I mattered more to him, if he loved me more, right? I mean, this is how not putting a, a soda can in, in the recycling bin, like literally turns into World War III, right? Because we think we're arguing over a soda can and we're not arguing over a soda can. It's ever. so true. Right. No, it's so yeah. true. It's what yeah. it represents more than absolutely, absolutely. what yeah. it is. Mm -hmm. It's the trigger and the trigger, whether it's from your husband or your kids or your neighbor or your boss or a commercial you see on TV or right. When we are inwardly disturbed, if we really look underneath, 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 the trigger is always the same. Mm -hmm. So the D step is design your life. And really what I teach people to do is to always be using the M and the I and the N, right? So that you can, what once you are separate from that inner critic mind, okay? Now you actually can rewire entirely different thoughts that you are thinking on purpose in with intention that has you tapping into different emotions that has you taking different behaviors, whether this is in your business or in your relationship or in health or right, any area of life, we've got to use a new mind. We can't, whatever it is that we've been struggling with, we can't use our old mind to right? Find a way out of the struggle. We've got to actually rewire a different mind with different thoughts, different emotions, and therefore different behaviors, because ultimately it's those new behaviors that over time has our life really going in a completely different direction. And we're going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. And we're back. And you talk a lot about fear in your book, about facing or like just kind of getting comfortable. You said being comfortable be, with being uncomfortable and facing the fears. And can you talk about how facing the fear is so important? You know, again, if we look at our, we go back to our survival mechanism, okay? When we were being eaten, when we were being chased by tigers, we needed fear, right? And, 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 and when we are, uh, you know, when we are in fear, right, our brain, our physical brain emits certain chemicals, right? Emits, um, adrenaline, right? Cortisol, all of these things that are necessary for running away from a tiger, <laughs> right? But those are now the stress hormones, okay? And the thing is, 
right? If you, if you watch an animal in the wild, if you watch a deer, okay, a deer senses a predator, right? All of a sudden, right? Everything, everything's on high alert, right? And those chemicals, those stress chemicals are running through that deer's body. The deer runs and gets away from the predator, But once that deer is away from the predator, the deer is calm and peaceful and grazing in the grass. And as human beings, we are never that way. We are never back to that homeostatic place, right? So, and, and right again, this is, this is brain science, right? We've got the sympathetic nervous system, which is where all of those stress hormones live. And then we've got the parasympathetic nervous system. The parasympathetic nervous system is responsible for our calm and peace and balance. But if we are always listening to our mind say, what if this happens? What if that happens? I got to make sure this never happens. I got to make sure this always happens. I got to cling to the things that are working, right? And make sure they never go away. And I've got to push away the things that I don't want, right? We are always in stress, which of course we all know wreaks havoc on our emotional selves, our spiritual selves, our physical selves, right? That's where most disease comes from, as a matter of fact. We are not taught how to think. We just think like our hearts beat for us. We don't make our hearts beat. We don't make our minds think. Our minds just are flooded with these thoughts. And if we are not intentional about where we are placing our mind, right? We are just spending our entire lives on autopilot. And that's why so many people, okay? So many people are so unhappy and so dissatisfied. And what's really extraordinary to see is that very often the most successful people, right? We'll put success in quotes. In other words, the people that, right, they've got the power and the money and the status, they are the most miserable because their inner critic has literally gotten them all of their success, right? It's almost like every at every stage, no, I gotta keep, I gotta get there, I gotta get there, I gotta get there. And they keep going and going and going. And then all of a sudden they find themselves at the top of the mountain. They've gotten there, but they've left a trail of dead bodies along the way. And, and you know, you also talk about um, in there about the miss this, miss that uh, at the beginning of your book. And I was listening to that and thinking, which one am, oh, I'm miss wishy-washy. I am miss wishy-washy. <laughs> I am miss uh, people pleaser. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Whatever you want to do, because I don't want to upset anybody. That's it. Is it, it was so amazing. Can you talk a little bit about, you don't have to go over every one because everybody needs to uh, read the book. One of the things that I talk a lot about is our inner critics addictions. Okay. So our, our automatic mind is right. Demands really right. Need other people to think well of us all the time, be happy with us. We don't want to upset somebody. We don't want to disappoint somebody. So we're always looking externally, okay, to make, right? I need you, other human, whoever you are, (laughs) I need you 
to treat me this way. I need you to think of me this way. I need you to do these things and not do those things. I need to, I need you to think these things and not think those things. So therefore we are very externally focused. Okay. And this is how we turn into Bridget, to your point, the right? Being people pleasers, right? Mm -hmm. Over functioners. We can't make decisions. Okay. Because we need to make the right decision to make sure that everything goes the way that we want it to. So when we are externally focused, okay, we become paralyzed because the one person that we're not paying any attention to is us. Right. And, and so all of my work with dethroning your inner critic is really about how do you live a life where you are, right? It's uncomfortable for somebody to be disappointed. Yes. Yeah. Upset when we set a boundary and we say no, right? It's uncomfortable. But here's the thing. If you are somebody that is never saying no, because you're worried about upsetting people, you're setting yourself up for a life of resentment mm -hmm. because then we blame them. Right. Right. We say, I really, got, I really didn't want to do this for them. And now look at all this time. <laughs> right. And we blame them. Yes. Meanwhile, yeah. we're the ones that are not being responsible for really clearly defining how we're going to live life. Mm -hmm. And I can certainly tell you as the mom of three children, 19, 16, and 12. Okay. Good luck. Good luck with that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there, butt. done that. Yeah. <laughs> my butt, right? You want to talk about get, right? Like dethroning my inner critic. Oh my goodness, right? <laughs> Having to do that all the time. But the reason, you know, the, the thing that I do in, in with them, okay, is that I'm, instead of blaming them, how dare you disrespect me? How dare you not listen to me? How dare you make me feel like I'm nothing, right? Which, by the way, I, I used to be caught in that, right? I used to constantly be trying to fix and change them, right? Whether it's how they treat me or what decisions they make. Now, I'm not saying like, you know, if they're, uh, you know, there's natural consequences, right? We have to you know, say no and right. And say, right. Listen, right, if you treat me this way, I'm like, you know, no, I'm not, you know, doing things for you or what, whatever, whatever, whatever the consequences are. But it is more that people are going to say what they say and do what they do. And sometimes people can say and do pretty, mm, not great things, but that's about them. That's not about us. And so if we are learning to think differently, if we're learning to unhook from our inner trigger, we're able to deal with the, the circumstance, the situation much more effectively because we're not reacting from our trigger. How dare you disrespect me? We still can say, you may not speak to me that way. And right. And because you spoke to me that way, here's what's ha what's going to happen. But it's a much more powerful communication when we are calm and when we are not triggered. 
And when we can stay, stay centered and grounded in ourselves. And yeah. that is really living a very, very different life when the person that you are t- are turning to for your enoughness, right? For your love of yourself, for your you know sense of gratitude, the person that you are turning towards is yourself. How do you how do you unhook from your inner critic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great is question. it practice? Is it it is. So what I always say is that it, it is practice. It's practice for the rest of your life. It is an ongoing moment by moment practice. And the way that you unhook is that you first have to see it. That's why I created the mind method right? Because if we are not literally practicing seeing our inner critic, you know, once you're in a situation where you're triggered, it's really hard to see it, right? So the book is really a, a way, I call it the owner's manual for your mind that you never got. And I really wrote it as a very powerful way for people to do this investigative work, right? To get curious about their automatic thoughts and to do it, right? So I, you know, I, I have, I have certain tools and practices that people do first thing in the morning, right? Writing exercises, meditation exercises, all different thing, questions to answer, all different ways of really being able to so clearly see it when you're calm so that when you're not calm, you've got more access to go, oh, there it is. And the invest, the, um, the indication signs are really critical because you'll start to, you know, people start to recognize, oh, every time I'm triggered, it really is the same emotion. It doesn't matter who triggered it or what triggered it. It's, it lives somewhere in your body. You feel it. It lives in your chest or in your shoulders or in your stomach. And when you tune in, right, when you get like just really tuned in, you know, the minute your inner critic has gotten back back on the throne of your mind. You know it every time. And you know how to do the work right there to go, oh, okay, you know what? What's really happening here is this person said, I don't like you, right? I can actually, in the moment, separate myself and say, okay, you know what? I would prefer that this person like me. I would prefer it. Of course I would, but I don't need it. And again, that's the game changer. When we can be in the face of something that is normally really triggering and really upsetting and we can do our inner work and it really, sometimes it only takes 30 seconds or a minute to do the inner work to let that person or that circumstance be what it is because sometimes right stuff happens that we don't like Mm -hmm. the other the, the other thing is the quality of our lives is really rooted in the quality of our relationships first and foremost with ourselves and then with everybody around us and what most people don't really know 
is that the quality of all of your relationships starts in your mind. Women who are now entering that midlife and beyond stage where their kids may not be home anymore, their husbands are still working, they still may be working, but they might be winding down. They haven't really created a relationship with themselves because all of their relationships have been external. Is my husband happy? Are the kids happy? Is the dog happy? Are my aging parents happy? How do they even start to create that relationship with themselves so that they can recognize their triggers? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So again, the first thing that there is to pay attention to is leaning into, right? Like really just getting curious, what makes me disturbed inside my mind? What are the biggest things that make me disturbed? Right. And even just writing them down, right? Like, Oh, I, I worry about my, I worry about my parents, right. Or I worry about my, you know, sister who's getting a divorce, right. Right. Or whatever it is, or I need to make more friends or I need to have more interests. Right. We, there are things that we cannot control. We cannot control other people's choices, right? We might not like their choices. We might, we might not like our aging parents' choices of how they are taking care of their health, let's say, okay? And when we, when we can really lean into, okay, I'm committed to my, for myself, to being more at peace and being more able to just be with what is because that's really the resistance. We can't be with what is. We want to make what is something else other than what it is, (laughs) right? Right. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. So, and, and and the thing is, right, what women do a lot is they get into this worry mind, okay? I call right, and I call that worry mind future tripping because we are drumming up worst case scenarios. What if this? What if that? What if this? What if that? And then our physical bodies can't tell the difference between an imagined worst case scenario, you know, movie that's playing in our mind. And, and what's actually happening in reality, right? Mm-hmm. So there, there's, there's an ability to really see yourself out there in this future that doesn't exist and to gently bring yourself back to the here and now. Okay, you know what? My parents are where they are. And my parents' lives are going to be what it's going to be, right? It's going to be what it's going to be. I have to surrender this attempt to control the way that it's going. I have to surrender the attempts to control the way pretty much all of our life is going because life goes, but it's really, if you think about it, we take the very next action and then, right? And then we take the action after that and the action after that and the action after that and the action after that. That's what has our life unfolding. And if we can just be present just for the very next step, we can say, okay, I am going to take this very next step because it's in alignment with, right, with the, with the life I'm designing, 
I want to make more friends, the very next step might be I need to join a book club or I need to, I don't know, write something on Facebook. Hey, you know, anybody want to go for coffee? That might be the very next step. It might be uncomfortable. And I'm and right. And, and that very next step might not give me what my inner critic demands that I should get from that very next step. But then there's the next step. And then there's the step after that. And then there's the step after that. And the more that we keep practicing stepping outside of our comfort zone, right? Taking the next action that's in alignment towards what I'm designing, eventually there's movement. But it's not our business necessarily to know. We're not gonna know how our actions are going to get right. What direction life is going to go. We can't know that. So it's this like, just this brilliant way of managing our minds so that we are really looking at right here, right now. What can I, what look at the life that we've all already created. Look at the beautiful relationships that we've already created. Do we have problems in some of our relationships? Yes. But can we find gratitude for some of, right, for the life that we're living right now? Because that, as we are now designing life moving forward, that's a very different life when you're already tuned into just being right here, right now, and not needing life to give you what your inner critic says you need because you don't need anything. You might have preferences, which is fine. We all have preferences, but you don't need anything. You already are enough right here, right now. You already have enough right here, right now. And if you're creating and designing more, it's not from a place of fixing what your inner critic says is a problem or is broken or isn't enough or should be some other way. Thank yes. you so much, Joanna, for coming on. Yes. Thank you it was so much. Fun. Thanks for this beautiful conversation. Well, we really enjoyed that conversation with Joanna Kleinman and all about dethroning your inner critic. It, it is so helpful, especially to us women in midlife. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure that you rate, review. Have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.